Welcome to the Day Social Media Diet Podcast. Join us each week as we defy the trends, get back to basics, and prepare yourself for the ever-changing apocalyptic world of digital marketing. You'll leave with practical tools, real information, and strategies to build a business you love, full of customers you can't wait to serve. This is a podcast by BH Marketing Firm with your hosts, Becky Harrington and Hillary Kay. Well, hi, listener. Welcome back. This is Becky Harrington, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Hillary Kay. Together, we make the B and the H of BH Marketing Firm, and we are a full-service digital marketing firm for all your acquisition needs, and it came to my attention this week that we have quite a few of you who are listening to us on a regular basis, but that you're not fully informed on what exactly a full-service digital marketing firm means. So I thought I'd just take a second. We're not going to do this every episode, but just kind of tell you exactly what Hillary and I can do. Um, So full-service means that we can do graphic design. It means that we build websites. It means that we make landing pages and emails. We write copy. Um, We do funnel strategy and implementation. We do social media strategy and implementation. And we also run Facebook advertising, Google AdWords, and we can offer SEO services. So basically anything that you need to market your digital business is in our wheelhouse. And so if you're looking for someone, you can go to bhmarketingfirm.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and book directly on our calendar for a free needs analysis. So that's our little shameless promotion there. And now we're going to get into today's (laughs) topic. So today's topic is um, the perfect audience who ignored you. Um, And so the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I run a lot of Facebook advertising. I've been doing um, Facebook advertising for nearly 10 years, as long as it's been around. Um, and, And nearly 10 years, not counting all of those promoted post days. I don't know if that's really advertising. We were pushing a button and we didn't really know what we were doing with it, but we were pushing it and spending money. Um, but now there's actual, you know, digital advertising through Facebook. And some of the things that I have discovered in this new era is it's the most powerful, uh, targeting tool that I've ever worked with in my entire career. Um, the way that you can get so detailed to really hone in and, um, find your ideal audience is incredible. But at the same time, I have also experienced this like Amazon prime advertising mentality. Hillary, do you know what I'm talking about? Like this, I need immediate results in 24 hours. Get it to me now or peace out. Yeah. It's not working after two days. It's not working after two weeks. And, And the reality is I started in marketing with direct mail and you want to talk about advertising commitment. It took four to six weeks to get that mailer designed and out in the mail. It costs thousands of dollars in design, printing, and mail setup costs. Um, And that's if you owned your list. If you had to buy a list, that was probably a few more thousand dollars. So a lot of times a a direct mail piece um, to reach the same amount of people that were reaching in a Facebook ad was at least a $10,000 buy-in. $10,000. You got to put it up front. It's all spent and you have no absolute idea whether or not it's going to work. Um, and then we would have to tell them that the ROI calculation on that direct mail piece would be available in six months 
And even then it would be like smoke and mirrors. <laughs> like, like we think it did well because of all of these really big assumptions we're making. And we would tell them that we felt like they needed to send three of those direct mail pieces in order to be successful. So we would be telling businesses, we're looking for a $30,000 investment here. Um, and now it's like, I'm taking hundreds of dollars from people and they're like super stressed out that their 15 second ad that they run for two weeks needs to produce thousands of dollars for them. So I wanted to talk today about like, where is this idea of the speed of trust coming from? And what is a real expectation that we can take? So Hillary, you want to tell them about what we released this week? Yes. So this week we released our coaching funnel checklist. And so this is um, specifically for coaches. We had one that was a funnel checklist for just anybody in business who wanted to create a funnel, but we put together a coaching funnel checklist specific to coaches that tells coaches everything they need to know to produce a successful funnel. And so that is today's featured resource. And to sign up, um, you can actually, we'll put the link in the show notes, but you can head on over to our Instagram page at BH Marketing Firm and click the link in our bio and it is right there for you. So like I said, it's a complete marketing funnel and everything you need to set up your marketing successfully as a coach. And if you're not following us on Instagram, um, we're just at BH Marketing Firm and we share tips every single day on marketing. And actually we have a funnel Friday where we share marketing tips and every Tuesday we share Facebook advertising tips. So if you're looking for more uh, resources, go ahead and follow us on Instagram. So Hillary, you want to bring us into the meat of this discussion today? Absolutely. So like Becky said, we're talking about speed of trust today and why warming up your audience is so important. So I want to give a little bit of an example, real life application here um, to kind of lead us into this topic. So scenario number one, if you had someone walk up to you on the street that you didn't know and tell you, hey, you really need to try that coffee shop down the road. Like, it's amazing. What would you say? You would probably turn your head, look slightly confused and say, uh, okay. And probably not go to the coffee shop, right? You'd be like, weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, excuse me. Um, but let's try scenario number two. If you were talking with a friend and they said, oh, I had the best cup of coffee at this new place you have to go there, you would probably look it up, right? You would see it, say, okay, yeah, I trust this person. Um, I will, you know, I'll, I'm going to check this out and probably go get that cup of coffee. And that's all because you trust them and they've earned that trust with you. So today we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, for those of you who have never heard of Simon Sinek, Simon Sinek is, uh, 
I think he's a sociologist, uh, but I think he also has a, has a degree. He's, he's a really smart guy, lots of degrees <laughs> and stuff. And he gets, he gets brought in to speak at um, massive companies. And um, he has quite a few talks. If you um, just go and search, search in YouTube, Simon Sinek, S-I-N-E-K, just listen to all of them. Anything that he does, any podcast he's on, he is such a great um, speaker and he takes things and breaks them down so practically with stories that you can understand. But these are really like kind of large, complex things about why people buy stuff, why people do things, basically behavior modification, which is what we're all trying to do is you're trying to get someone to take an action and that's a behavior. So this particular 30 minute talk, we're going to listen to just about 10 minutes of it. Um, and there's going to be a link in the description to, of this podcast episode to listen to the whole thing. I would highly recommend because it was actually hard this morning when I was listening to the whole 30 minutes to figure out, I can't share the full 30 minutes because we're trying to keep our podcast to be about 30 minutes. So uh, it was hard to choose, but this particular story I felt like fit with the episode. So please go watch all of Simon Sinek. He will help you in business and life and everything else. So I'm going to go ahead and just play this um, 10 minute segment and then Hillary and I are going to talk about it. To encourage us to do it because when we are in groups, when we are surrounded by people who believe what we believe, trust emerges and our very survival and progress goes up. Sex feels good. It's why we do it. And mother nature has provided that it will feel good so that we can do it more so that we can procreate. That was not an accident, right? Well, the same goes here. That sense of fulfillment that we get was designed so that we'll do it more. So not only will we procreate, but we'll create strong senses of bonds and cultures amongst each other. I did a little experiment with, um, um, with a homeless person. Not like on them. It's not like electrodes. <laughs> with them, voluntarily um, helped me. Um, because the whole idea of giving, right? You've, you've, we've, you've all walked down the street and you've all seen someone begging and you either have or haven't thrown a few pennies in their cup. When you do, you feel good. You bought that feeling. That is a legitimate commercial transaction. You know, commercial transactions are defined as the exchange of consideration. It was an exchange of consideration here. You gave money, you got the feeling of goodwill. You paid for that feeling. If you didn't give money, you either feel nothing or you feel bad. You can't feel good by not giving, all right? You paid for that feeling. So now the question is, how is that person encouraging us to give? The joke is they act like every corporation in the world. They talk about themselves. Me, 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 right? Like they sit there with their little outdoor advertising, little sign, right? And it says, I'm homeless, I'm hungry, I got 12 kids, I'm a veteran, God bless. They got it all in there, trying to appeal to somebody, the religious vote, the veteran vote, you know, the child sympathizer, surround yourself with lots of pets, go for that one too, right? All in an attempt to get something from someone. Takers, not givers, right? All about me. Well, what do, what do corporations do? 
We've added more RAM, we've added more ROM, we've added more speed. This one's number one. We're the biggest, we're the best. We've been around since 1969. We're better than them, we're faster than them. We're more efficient than that one. Me, 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 me. And so even if we buy their product, guess what? Yeah, so much. So I did this little experiment. I found um, um, a nice homeless lady on the uh, streets of New York who's willing to help out. And I learned that with her sign, which was pretty typical, I'm homeless, I'm hungry, blah, blah, blah. She makes between $20 and $30 a day uh, for, you know, for a day's worth of work, eight to 10 hours of sitting there selling goodwill. Eight to 10 hours, she'll make $20 to $30. $30 is considered a good day. I changed her sign, and the new sign made her $40 in two hours. And then she left. It's one of the reasons she's homeless is because she's decided that she only needs 20 to $30 a day to live. If she stayed, she would have made $150. The point is she made 40 bucks in two hours. What did the sign say? The sign said, if you only give once a month, please think of me next time. It has nothing to do with the taker. It has everything to do with the giver. And what are the objections people give when they don't give? I can't give to everyone. How do I know that they really need it? And so I addressed both those concerns. I know you can't give to everyone. So if you only give once a month, my cause is legitimate. I will still be here when you're ready to give. 40 bucks, two hours. Make it about them, not about you. All right, Hillary. So just so you know, listeners, uh, I didn't, there's lots of Simon Sinek talks. Um, he talks about quite a bit. So, and I know that Hillary's listened to him, but I didn't tell her today which one we were going to listen to because I wanted to get her initial reactions without her preparation. <laughs> so she's probably like, oh my gosh, but I, I can see by her face she already has some gems to share. So Hillary, tell me some of your initial reactions. The, so the first, I was obviously taking notes and yes, Becky freaked me the heck out, not telling me which one we were going to listen to. And she knows that that is like my biggest pet peeve is not being able to prepare. but. I do think we have some good, good gems because of that. So the first thing in that talk that made me, and I'd heard this before this, the whole 30 minute one, but it's been a quite a while. And so the term I bought the feeling and I instantly thought of like when I get my hair done, like I'm buying for someone to do, I could do my hair at home. I could buy the color. I could do it at home but I go to someone because that experience I'm paying for how it makes me feel. And so I thought that that was such a, a great um, line to remember when you are a business is how are you making your customers feel? And that lead that kind of led me into this line that I tell clients all the time, which is you have to connect with someone's heart first and not their wallet. And connecting with someone's heart first takes time. And um, I just think that that point is, is so good. And then he goes on to say it has everything to do with the giver. So, so I, have to, I, I have to interrupt you because what you just said was so good. Um, so uh, I, I was talking to, I, I, I did a talk uh, uh, this week for a bunch of local uh, business owners on Facebook advertising actually. And, and so of course, afterwards I got people coming up and asking me questions and I talked to this woman and she owns a salon 
a, a spa and she's actually very, very good at what she does. She's, if you want like beautiful skin, like this woman is like legit, her skin is so gorgeous. Like I just wanted to ask if I could touch it, but I figured that was inappropriate. So, um, so I started talking to her about her challenges and she tells me, she says, you know, I just, I don't even care if people come to my salon and they don't, and I would rather people skip their facial and stay on their products because I think the products for them will, will help them so much more long-term. And she kept going on about that. She, you know, I, I, I don't want to have to, to be a slave to, you know, the schedule of giving facials and I want to have free time. And she kept going on and on and on about herself. <laughs> and what you just said there is, well, they aren't really actually buying her facials. They're not actually even buying her results. They're not even actually there because they care about their skin as much as she does. She, I think she legitly cares more about my skin than I do. And she, they're there because they're looking for the experience. They're buying how they're going to feel after that facial. And then they might go to Target and buy like clear us all and wash their face with it for the rest of the month, but they will still feel just as good about the facial and just as good about how much they paid for it. And I just wanted to stop her and just be like, dude, your business is actually not about you at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I love that. I love that. Okay. okay. So what's your next, what's your next thing? So I, it, it kind of all ties in together, but I wrote down, you can't feel good without giving. And it's such a, you know, I think about this principle all the time when it comes to my personal life, right? Like I don't feel good about myself as a mom if I am not giving time to my kids, or I don't feel good about myself as a wife if I am not giving time to my husband. And the list goes on and on and on and on and on. But I wonder if as business owners, we changed our mindset to say, we can't feel good about the services or the products we're selling without first giving value to our customers. And that right there is that, you know, nurturing we talk about all the time in, you know, funnel marketing and finding, you know, the right audience and, and all of that, but just said a different way that makes you, that just makes you think about it a little bit Mm -hmm. more. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I love um, that he talks about is, and this is actually, there's a couple of things that he talks about before this story. And one of them is that all of everything about advertising is about building trust. It's about a process of building trust. And um, when, when we trust people, we're in community with them. Like he gave an, he gives an example um, in the beginning about how if you live in New York, you're not friends with every New Yorker, right? Just because you live in New York doesn't mean you're friends with them. But if you're in LA at a bar and someone says, oh, I'm from New York, suddenly you guys are like sharing beers, like you're the best friends in the world. And he, mm-hmm. he gives the same example when you're overseas. Like if you're in France and you hear someone talking in an American accent, and you're like, oh, hey, I'm from America. Oh, you're from LA. I'm from New York. Suddenly they're best friends because there's a common, there's a commonality and there's a trust that's built. And, and when we have that trust, we will trust them enough to make, give, let them give us recommendations. Oh, hey, while you're in town, you should go eat at this restaurant. And then you're going to go eat at that restaurant. Uh, but perfect stranger walking up to you in New York City, 
who is a New Yorker saying the same thing, you'd be like, go away. (laughs) Go away, you freak. (laughs) Hillary, you were going to say something. Well, I just got to thinking that's honestly kind of how you and I connected a little bit. Um, We both were from California and we didn't know each other were from California. And then we instantly, like, that's one of our first conversations we just as like friends we had with each other was, oh, you know, this spot in SoCal. Oh, I know this spot in SoCal. Like, and so we, we talked about it. And, and I think that was probably one of the reasons why we connected so well and started this, you know, it's like one of those, it was just that little bit of trust, like, oh, you get me, you get where I'm from. And, um, so I love that. I love that. Yep. So the other thing that, so particularly when it comes to the, to the woman and changing her sign, um, you know, we talk about the difference between in advertising, our inclination is, well, all I want to do is get them to the buy page on my website and then they're going to buy it for sure. Right. Like PDP, checkout button ready to go. And part of the reason why when you're doing digital advertising or any kind of advertising in this day and age, it's about a process of building trust. And actually everything that is digital funnel based marketing is about building a process of trust. And there is an actual speed of trust. In fact, one of the, the, the books that I highly recommend is The Speed of Trust. It's by Stephen Covey. It'll be, um, it'll be linked in this. This book has been around forever. He's the same author of the um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I have read this book over and over and over again. It has helped me be better in my relationships. It's been helped me be a better marketer. It's um, help me be better with sales. Um, the, there is a speed of trust and everyone has a different speed. Some people like, um, if you're, uh, if you are listening to this and you are part of the gen X generation, well, did you know that they call you the skeptics? Your entire generation is every time I meet a, a gen Xer, it only takes me five minutes of talking to them. And I say, are you gen X? Are you born between these years? Ah, skeptical generation. It is so hard, so hard to get them to decide to do something because they automatically see mistrust everywhere they go. They also happen to be in the age range of the most highly targeted um, uh, a female. If you're between 35 and 45, you're like primo. Everybody wants you. <laughs> and that is basically right now about half millennial, half Gen Xer. And so the speed of trust with a millennial versus the speed of trust with a Gen X is going to be completely different. And so funnel-based marketing is actually all designed to walk people through a speed of trust. And it's all about creating language that's establishing a relationship and establishing community. Um, But when you're just like, hey, I'm awesome. You should do this. They aren't going to believe you. (laughs) Right. And I think something that might help business owners in like changing their frame of mind is instead of saying, Oh, I need to market to women 35 to 45 is I need to build a relationship with women 35 to 45. Yeah. I want to build trust with these people. In fact, I'm, I think we should just start having that be our language. Hey, I'm looking to hire you because my goal is to build trust in a relationship with this demographic. Mm -hmm. And I think that will really change your, your frame of thought. And 
building trust takes time and you're going to have to spend money to get there. You can't just go in and say, I need to make a thousand dollars by the end of the month and then just have that expectation. So we, um, we have a few practical things for you from today's episode. One is I really highly recommend every business owner read the speed of trust by Stephen Covey. It's an excellent book. Um, talk about them, not you go look at your website, go look at your, even your about page. I tell businesses your about page is actually not about you. It's about them. Go rewrite the language. If you start talking about them and not you all the, all of a sudden you're going to be on the right track. Um, go look at your late, latest social media post. Did you just talk about yourself or are you talking about your customer? Um, Next, build community with them. So invite people into a relationship. What are areas in your marketing where you can be offering um, community? Another piece that he talks about in this video is how um, building a relationship one-on-one -on -one is easy, right? If I told you, Hillary, I need you to go make five new relationships this week, you would be like, okay, I think I know how to do that. And you would probably maybe call some people and ask for, you know, some introductions, maybe go to a networking event. All of these things are very easy. But if I said, Hillary, I need you to make relationships with 20,000 people next week, you would be like, <laughs> you're funny. You're adorable. I have five children. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe I can recruit them. Maybe they can each get 4,000 for me. See, I just made it easier. <laughs> so the thing is one-on-one -on -one relationship building isn't scalable, but we can still apply the same principles and actions to our digital marketing. Um, reviews and testimonials matter. So especially if you can get somebody to do a video testimonial for you, just ask. They might, it's so easy to make video these days. This is one of the main things, um, I request of our clients when we're, when we're doing funnel marketing for them is getting these testimonials because in follow-up emails, having, seeing someone's face and having them say something about you, that's you not saying something about you. It's amazing how effective those are. And you, you'll be surprised at how many people will be like, yeah, sure. I'll give you a testimonial. And especially if you say, yeah, just send it to me on your iPhone, just hold it horizontally. It only needs to be like 15 seconds and it's a piece of cake. The other thing is you want them to go all in for you, but does your brand show that you're all in for your, for yourself? Have you just um, taken a bunch of band-aids and bootstrapped yourself together a, a brand so that you could save money. And you can tell, I can go to any website and I can tell this was bootstrapped together. They didn't invest in it. How am I supposed to trust you if you're not even willing to invest in your own product? If you don't believe that much in your product, then why in the world should I believe? Um, should I believe in your product? Um, and then the last one is relationships don't get, um, get full trust overnight. It's a process and you're going to have to take the time. Think about the six months of, of direct mail marketing. Mm -hmm. Think about how much commitment businesses were making to get where they were. And now everyone feels like they can go ahead and quit their job and start a business and be successful. And you're doing that on the backs of people who invested tons of money and tons of time and tons of patience over decades to build what they have. And we have to stop being so impatient about it. Absolutely. All right, Hillary, anything before I, I take us home? I don't think so. I think definitely just remember you're connecting with someone's heart first and not their wallet. 
And I think that'll, I mean, I think that'll help you just over and over again, if you can remind yourself that when, when building relationships with your customers, not marketing to your customers. So we hope you enjoyed listening to our episode today. We look forward to next week as we talk about um, blame marketing. Everyone does. We're going to be actually talking specifically about what you need to know about hiring the right marketing professionals, because this is something that everybody's scratching their head over. Everyone's you know, presenting themselves as an expert. You graduate from college these days, and apparently you have a degree that's worth being a consultant in marketing and making $125 an hour. So remember, you can find out more about what we talked about today in more detail by visiting bhmarketingfirm.com. Um, go to the podcast section or in the description of the app you're using. Please go leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.